Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two on my brand new podcast, Unbridled with Erin. And today I am here with one of my dearest friends and probably the most talented person you will ever meet in your entire life. Like overachiever, of course, but Cara Hello, <laughs> my darling. Hello, my darling. Carrie. Thank you for having me. <laughs> How exciting me. is this? Oh my god. Was that in Cara's flat? So thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I want you to come back more often, honestly. Thanks. I will. <laughs> so let's tell everyone a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. You are amazing. So you are a professional show jumper. A, stu- a master's student in psychology and a professional singer. <laughs> Tell us a bit about all of that, please. Okay, so yeah, look, I've got three passions in my life. I want to say quite serious passions, definitely psychology. So studying my master's and one day definitely onto my doctorate. So that would be cool. So and, <laughs> and that was really motivated by, I think, my upbringing in South Africa. And we... Um, my my family's very involved in charity and we have been very exposed to um you know high trauma and i was always able to just do the pre-traumatic stuff and never the post-traumatic stuff and so becoming a psychologist would allow me to do that and so just add more value yeah you are the cutest (laughs) human on the planet and i just love people you know so i wanted to learn more and understand more like why people do what they do (laughs) you figure it out let me know please (laughs) exactly exactly i mean my singing flip when i was six i wanted to be britney spears i mean i think at that stage who didn't (laughs) well funny you say that literally my mom my mom reminded me today and she said like she used to say what do you want to be when you grow up and i used to be like um a show jumping pop star and then i realized i couldn't sing and i was scared of heights so what you do in this situation my guys is you find a friend who's the show jumping pop star <laughs> and you live vicariously through them well you're welcome thank you to be in my pocket anytime honestly i feel so warm inside good, good. well literally i feel like you are my inspo so i live vicariously through you i have completely multiple to say that. no seriously <laughs> you're just so inspiring so i love you my babe Aww. and so yes i wanted to be a singer when i was seven and she actually can hold a tune and, and, and rest, so she had the ability. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I studied music at school. I did my rural schools, um, grade five, violin and theory. And then I was horse riding all along. I actually started as a dressage rider. Did you? Wait, yeah, yeah. Did I know this already? I feel like no. I did. Did you not know? Did you think it was a secret? 
No. Oh my gosh. Oh, then you turn to the dark side. Then I turn to the dark side. You know what? I just feel like at that stage, so I'd I'd won um, children's champion and mm-hmm. junior champion, and then I thought, right, show jumping was something that I hadn't quite got yet. Mm-hmm. Right? I was either winning or falling off. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> no, in between. I'm sure a lot of people like. like no in between um yeah so that really pushed me to really hone in on my show jumping and that's really what brought me to europe oh amazing yeah. what brought you to europe and so your horses are now based in europe aren't they where exactly yes so with pascal levy he's been my trainer since i was 15 actually made him on a ski slope in oh France. my gosh okay <laughs> yeah Sounds like fate. <laughs> totally. I actually met his father. He was our ski instructor. And then, you know, you get chatting yeah. on, on those types of holidays and you spend a lot of time with your instructor. And um, so, yeah, we're in Normandy. Like quite far north. Yeah, you said you're in the middle of nowhere, right? Yes, in terms of in terms of city slicking girls like us. <laughs> That's what I mean. For a London lady. For a London lady, we... Um, Quite, quite a lot of grass. A lot of grass. Actually, it's beautiful. We ride on the coast. So Dream. it's just really expansive coastline and um, we can jump on yeah. the sand when it's low tide. And okay, just, now I'm jealous. But no, it's so beautiful and it really, really is beautiful, but it is quite remote, yeah. I guess I guess when you're with your horses, that's really what you also yeah need right you, you, you don't want the distraction of and before they were in going from spain so right. yeah so we were in spain not normally we do the summers in spain just mm-hmm. because the winters in normandy get really wet and cold and sometimes the ground is frozen mm-hmm. and then that's just impossible to jump right so we go to spain much more um, beautiful in terms of weather wise <laughs> you can actually vacation. ride your horse and suntan in the afternoon actually your horse was bay. your horse was based not far from my horse bus they needed to meet so they needed to, to meet but they missed that. that opportunity but we'll be back in spain exactly when that rolls Busky around and my beautiful mp needs they need to they need to meet <laughs> she did ask on uh, my social media how many horses you have Okay, so, uh, <laughs> wow. In France at the moment, mm-hmm. I have three. Okay. I have quite a few of my retired horses in South Africa. I have another three. Oh, I met. I yeah, met yeah. How gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. What was his name again? Blue. I thought, I was going to say blue, and then I was like, oh, yes. God, what if I got it wrong? And it said red. <laughs> um, oh, no, blue is oh, gorgeous. Blue my cutest stallion. And he's so patient. Her horses are so well looked after, by oh. the way. Like, honestly, <laughs> just chilling in South Africa, having a way of the time. Oh, my gosh, exactly. Rooting the roost over there. <laughs> basking in the sun just chilling mm-hmm. to be honest we're loving it it's yeah. heaven over there when when we do our fun social media stuff with him he's he just starts yawning at us right oh, no. <laughs> oh i miss him we need to go back like, girls please i've had enough yeah. <laughs> but very gentleman like you yeah, know he's an angel so you have three in france i have three in france hired ones in south exactly so my competitive ones are still in france um i've got two younger horses and then one more competitive so we qualified for the world games and then we pulled a tendon um and we've basically just been um ticking over in, in that speaking sense. of the world equestrian yeah. games i think everyone would be really interested to know that you've actually been three times yeah. you're like no we're three and i was like oh my god okay but in two different disciplines yeah, yeah. i mean okay what's that about <laughs> so when i was a little girl i was a gymnast and um i would i would be at the gym until really late at night and i think my mum just thought getting up at five for a violin lesson, spending the whole day at school, then going riding and then gym and um, gymnastics. Might just I, be a little Yeah, <laughs> right. It was, it, was, it was way too much. And then this discipline called vaulting mm-hmm. came to South Africa. It was very new for us and that was gymnastics on the back of a cantering horse. That's incredible. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I wish I'd known it's... you back when you did that. <laughs> yeah. I would have been cheering you on. Oh my gosh. No, it's so... You, we should try. Well, we. I, I don't know about you, but I'm I'm as agile as a turnip. <laughs> I really don't know about that. jumping skills, you can jump on It horse. took me about 18 times to jump on the back it, of your horse. The practice makes perfect. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it just made more sense for 
yeah, me to combine my riding and my gymnastics, my love of gymnastics. So we could just go to the stables after school and, and I could... you were clearly quite good at it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I loved it, right? I came from a gymnastic background mm-hmm. and I understand horses really well. And I think those two elements in vaulting are just key, really. Exactly. You have to be fearless, but um, also have a good connection with your horse. And agile. Exactly. Very good balance. Good balance, um, supple and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and strong, you know. And then, so the second two World Equestrian Games, you went in show jumping. So exactly. <laughs> so the the second World Equestrian Games, I was 18 and young, the youngest South oh African. Actually, gosh. I was at the young. I was the youngest World Equestrian. How were you show in jump, the um, then? Um, so I was, I was just in my 15th year. So I was, I was 14. Yeah. You were 14 at the World yeah. Equestrian Games. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Just crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Um, I mean, three World Equestrian Games is actually insane. Yeah. Um, didn't you say you're thinking about maybe an Olympic pathway? I mean, I would love to love to compete at the Olympics, right? So that's definitely on my future goal list. Okay, list. For, for sure. But luckily within our sport, we mm. know that we have longevity, right? And if I keep in the game and if I keep my riding up and um, yeah, it's really about finding that special superstar at a young age and mm-hmm. working with them to bring them onto something incredible and it's about timing too it because you know so busy no yeah my time but also timing in terms of the Olympics happens every four years yeah and so it stops every two years it's the world so it has to be sound it has to be qualified 100% so there's so many elements and Mm. also as a country you have to fight out other countries within your group of countries so you basically either have to be the top individual well the top three individuals in that group of countries um or you have to be yeah the the top team right Mm -hmm. so and as a south african it's quite difficult because we are so far away from the main hub of the sport in europe and we have quarantine we have earlier maybe you could just briefly explain to people how complicated it is i mean when you're telling me i was like what Like to leave and come back is is a mission in itself. Oh my gosh, totally. So we have African horse sickness and so we have quarantine. First of all, it's very expensive to travel, to fly our horses. So cost comes into it, but also time, also the condition of your horse. I mean, Mm -hmm. your horse is standing for a month and then... Because the the quarantine is, you have to quarantine for a month. Both sides. To fly out. Yeah. And then what, a month on the other side. Exactly. And they have to fly in and then they have a month when they get back, right? So no, so okay. so well. Actually, the rules have changed. Now, if you're flying into South Africa, uh-huh. you have two months in Europe. Okay. Then you fly and you have another month. Three yeah, months. Yeah, exactly. And is that even if it's a South African horse that's just left for a little Portia. vacation? Wow. Yeah. Because they just, you know, with African horse sickness and obviously other horse sicknesses going around, they just don't want it to spread. Of so course. They... Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so really it's, it's it's for the care of the animals. To, it's frustrating for us, right? But it's well, just what you have to go through. That's why you have your horses in Europe, obviously. But exactly. <laughs> so a lot of our top riders are based full-time in Europe. Some, we, I mean, we've got a lot, a lot of riders that are still based in South Africa. And sometimes they fly their horse two years before the World Games, oh for instance. God. Just to build up condition qualify the planning so there's a lot of planning right Mm -hmm. but a lot of the the top guys in SA have businesses to run and families to feed so being in another country for two years before exactly so sometimes it's not possible for for many of our top riders which is quite sad and um, the riders that do give up everything to move to Europe, it's hard, you know, it's lonely mm-hmm. because we don't have a South African hub where we're at the same stable and yes. doing the same things. We have completely different shows around. Completely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And when we bump into each other, I mean, it's amazing at the show, right? <laughs> but there are also so many shows every weekend to choose from. So are we going to be at the same show very often? It depends. You know, oh gosh, a lot, a lot. So quite lonely in terms yeah. of that. Yeah, but the Olympic dream. Back on that. <laughs> we we digress a little. A, I mean, I did. But it's interesting. Yeah. That really interesting. Scary, but good. Yeah. No. Exactly. And I, I think I would like to just be a little bit more creative. 
before the Olympics. So I'm going to still work on my music a little bit more. And but also it leads into the fact you're studying. So if you could just exactly. explain a little bit about exactly what it is you do. Because it's a little bit beyond me. You are highly intelligent, my darling. Oh, I love you. <laughs> so basically, I did my BSc. Um, and so you're my undergrad and mm-hmm. honours in psychology and then i'm now doing my masters in health psychology at king's college Mm -hmm. and basically i'm in my stage one training of the doctorate so after this you go into stage two and it's another two years or um you know there are 12 protected titles and so you can really fit into any um psychology title that that you wish to to go into i was thinking about sports psych Mm -hmm. initially but i think i want to be more broad like health or clinical and then perhaps yes work with athletes that could be really cool but definitely after this masters i'm going to get a little bit of work experience be a little bit more creative ride my horses a little bit more because at the moment i'm just focusing on really just getting good grades and getting great placements um, and clinical practice and um, we get plugged into research teams so i just want to get that sort of down pat yeah, and do that well so it sets me up well to get a good place in a good doctor exactly right? i mean and yeah. somebody asked on social media what you're planning to do with your psychology degree yes <laughs> so that sort of changes right because i came from experience and trauma from south mm-hmm. africa i thought that is definitely what i want to do i mean lots that that's that's an, an area spe- specifically in south africa that needs a lot of support and so that was really the driving factor but coming to the uk and also learning about how expansive psychology really is and where you can fit in i mean i didn't know that there were psychologists in the corporate world or in advertising right yes and even in the way stores are set up yes in terms of branding so for instance, oh, yeah, like the psychology like a, of like shopping and where you put things. Exactly, and the way the lights are placed. Yeah. So it feeds you to a specific product, which is wow. normally the most expensive because they want to sell it. No, it's it's wild. I have no idea. Okay, so that's not really what I want to go into, but I, <laughs> it's I just a real idea. Who even knew? It's a deep ocean. I know that's why they put the little, um, you know, the little small bits at the end, of, like near the till. You know, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. minis. Exactly. Or, like, so if you go to Sephora, there's all these little minis, and, and my mum calls me. Marketer's dream because oh, I walk oh, down yeah. and I'm like, oh, me too. I will have that. I will have that. I hope you go in for one mascara and you come out with that and pretty other little teasers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I did understand that that was a bit of psychology, but I didn't realize there was actual training psychologists for that. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. No, so that's so cool. So I think. Well, I, I, so you need to decide what you want to go into first exactly. before you can plan the future with it. I exactly. Guess. So I know I definitely want to be clinical. So I do want to work. I want to be client facing. Mm-hmm. I know part of that job is research. However, I don't want to be focused on just solely research. Be spent getting in front of people. You I know, love your people. energy and the vibe. Hundred percent. Yeah, it would be really good. And I thought initially I wanted to work with children, and I think that's a really important job. But I always. I don't know now, you know, exactly, it's also about seeing what jobs are available and if you have the skills to fit those jobs and then learning new skills through those jobs and just seeing where you are and, and one step at a time, really, yeah. because I think it's great to have a plan, but it's also good to be able to pivot. Yeah, you've got to be able to sort of take things as they come. And exactly. Like move with it. But definitely plant facing, clinical, and I want a doctorate. So, Incredible. Yeah. And, and <laughs> can we just point out you're like essentially top of the class? What was that thing you got the other month? Chancellor's commendation. Oh, and yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. She's so smart. Um, and that leads us on to the fact, the music stage. Yes. Like somebody asked, how did you get started? Obviously, you mentioned you did it at school. Yes. yes. But how did you get to the stage you were performing at? Coachella and signed with music and like this stuff a lot of people would dream of yeah so wow it's it's been a very long journey right because obviously step one is be good at singing (laughs) (laughs) well I mean be good at singing but 
also, you know, your voice is a muscle, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's practice and it's really finding your unique voice. And I definitely think songwriting is a big thing because yes, if you, you rely... on music too. Exactly. And I collaborate a lot too. But if you don't know what you want to sing and how you want to sing and, and what represents you, it's very easy to get lost in a rabbit hole. Well, if you've ever seen the film <laughs> yeah. A Star Is Born. Yes. And, and they said something <laughs> and it was like, you know, if you've got nothing to say. I can't remember the actual line, but he was basically saying like someone said you stole my voice and you're like because you had nothing to say yeah I mean I, exactly it's a fair right. point mm-hmm. no totally fair point and I think you you need to find that what speaks to you right so obviously at seven I didn't really understand any of that so I wanted to be a show I was just, exactly. just <laughs> singing sing star you know and just beating all my friends at that but um <laughs> but then when I was about 15 I just thought that I needed to be in LA if I wanted to be a singer I mean that seems like the place to be right yeah it's it's the hub isn't it exactly and um so I thought okay after school that is my plan all my other friends were thinking about going to university and um that was incredible but I think a blessing in disguise for me is because I was so focused on my writing and I wasn't the popular girl at school. I was quite bullied, actually. I can't no, that. I was quite a small girl, and I think I I grew into like my big teeth and my big lips You're and my ears. Features. And you know, yeah. Thanks, my babe. But at that stage, like when this, and I went to an all girls school, so it it's quite clicky and bitchy, and I feel like I didn't really have a strong friendship group that were inclusive at all and they were all like making plans and going to university and I didn't feel like I was a part of that so I didn't feel like I was that wasn't my calling that's kind of similar for a lot of people who ride horses weirdly you end up being just like I used to read my Kindle at, at lunchtime. Exactly, exactly. No, exactly because we're so focused on the sport you almost don't have so much other things to focus on you can't focus on friends and the trivial sides of things no and i also think with the com you know the com- competitive competitive side of the yeah. sport you are very engaged with adults exactly yeah so you sometimes can be older exactly right so as i mentioned when i was 18 at the world games i mean I had a teammate that was over 50, you know, and then over 30 and 145. So I was definitely the baby and I sort of had to fit in Mm -hmm. or get lost, really. It does definitely mature you a lot sooner. 100%. And so, yeah, I wasn't so phased about the fact that everyone was planning these things and not including me in their vision, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think I had a, a different vision and I'm very grateful that my parents didn't, almost force me down the traditional route and say okay you have to get a degree and then you can ride and Mm -hmm. then you can sing and then you can because i would have missed the world games opportunity you would have missed that you wouldn't i would have missed the stage if you are singing and also you probably wouldn't have come and done i would have missed the singing psychology no of course you might have picked something else you might not have of course and And things happen for a reason of course because i think straight out of school would i i knew i wanted to do psychology but i we didn't you know in the uk you can choose psych as an a-level in, yes, in i did it as an a-level exactly so you have a little understanding in, I mean, in south very africa minor. i got i switched off a little bit over four and i got a bit confused no no but but you at least are a little bit exposed mm. to it i mean in south africa we don't have psych mm-hmm. as an option so i probably wouldn't have chosen it and i wouldn't be where i am for sure yeah and it's also important like to people listening that uni isn't the only choice fresh out of school no like, exactly. i think Growing up, you always think, right, well, we're going to do this, going to go to uni because that's the dumb thing. And obviously it is good. It's great to have a degree, but if you've got another passion or you're good at something else, you can focus on that. You don't need to have a degree to be successful. No, absolutely not. And you can study really at any age. And I actually feel like studying at a later age, you're way more dedicated and motivated to make it work well you probably lose all the like immaturities of going to uni like when i went to university obviously i was 18 19 and you go out drinking you love freshers like it's very fun and it's your first taste of being an adult but obviously as an adult as a grown woman going you probably just think well i'm here to learn like i'm actually this is my choice and i'm passionate about you're passionate about psychology but you're there to learn rather than there to just go out and meet friends exactly it's a calculated decision exactly and you're not there to make friends and okay 
in my masters because there is now a mix of people. I mean, I've got one girl in my class, what well, woman? She's incredible. She's got her neuroscience masters, oh MBA, God, and now yeah. she's doing a health life. Oh, maybe she didn't know Richie before. <laughs> exactly so so then obviously i've I've made a lot more friends in my masters like-minded people exactly and and people have come from all over the world and i think that's great you know a great attribute for us as as well as as equestrians no exactly but we get to travel right exactly and we get to meet people from all walks of life and who are passionate and driven and you know i think this riding world is we have been a bunch of psychos you know (laughs) we are just crazy you know yeah Yeah, yeah, we need to progress that we went to la no it's not your fault this is what happens guys when car and i get together we like start one topic and we're like oh no that was like an hour ago (laughs) hi guys la so at 16 i just knew or 15 ish at that stage i knew i wanted to go to la um but at that moment in time too i was very into my show jumping and i had already met my trainer pascal the year before and so we had a horse in europe and Mm -hmm. so every holiday we would go there and so the plan was after school to spend a year in europe mm-hmm. and then as well because i was halfway to la right because south africa is very far from la <laughs> for those of you who don't know it's wild two night flights like and what's the end hours later again. nine hours time difference. i mean that doesn't sound too bad but 32 hours oh, yeah. sounds I mean, yeah, well, including obviously your travel time mm-hmm. and your layovers oh and stuff, gosh, yeah. it is a nightmare. Um, but yeah, I feel like I did that for quite a while. And so being based in Europe gave me the opportunity to just take a night flight. And of course, there's time difference, but take that night flight. Yeah. Exactly. And be in LA. And um, that's where I continued. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My love of music, obviously, I studied at the Songwriting School of Los Angeles and I did a remote course with Berkeley College of Music. Incredible. And yeah, I just really got stuck in the practical workspace with mm-hmm. producers and with the writing. How you found yourself being signed to Sony Music? So no, actually, so so LA was really a huge learning curve for me. I was, I think I was as a youngster. Wow. Well, the, the situations I found myself in that I was so naive about, right? Mm-hmm. And I grew up so quickly and um, I learned so much and it also really pushed me out of my shell to make friends because I knew no one. In, yeah. Zero. My mum said that when you moved to another country, you have to make friends. Exactly. You have to stop talking to strangers, which is very scary. Exactly. And I am now a confident person, but at that stage, I'd just come out of school. And yes, I was confident in my writing and I was confident in, in my singing when I was on stage. But me on stage is different to me well, in person. Writing, singing, both very singular activities. For you're sure. on your own, you're in your own head. So Always, it's not yeah. super <laughs> outgoing in terms of meeting other people. No, exactly. So I really, I love my time in LA because I had to just get out of myself really mm-hmm. you know step outside of myself and and make effort to make friends and and learn those skills mm-hmm. really and i think that's where i fell in love with people even more and learning about other people and that sort of thing and psych definitely definitely comes into my songwriting mm-hmm. and when i'm writing about relationships and experiences that i've heard or experienced myself and things like that anyway so I was doing my singing in LA and I was doing my writing in Europe and I was producing a lot of music, creating a lot of content and I was always radio plugging in South Africa Mm -hmm. and my one song, I remember I was 19, 
it got picked up by one of our biggest radio stations and it was on high rotation. Yeah. And at that moment, Sony Africa sort of they, they try and keep their finger on the pulse to see what's bubbling under the surface. And um, that's when they contacted me and they said, Hey, we'd love to have a chat. So that like, thing, I'm dreaming. <laughs> cool. I know, right? And so so that was that was really cool. And that was that my first um, sort of connection mm -hmm. to the real big music industry. Um, of course, in LA, I knew lots of record execs and that sort of thing, but I was never working with them. Mm -hmm. You know, I was very much going to events and and meeting very interesting people and incredible singers that I had fangirled mm -hmm. over for years at that stage. But I'd never really worked with anything. Anyone. I imagine it's quite hard in LA like to get working with people because obviously there's probably quite a lot of talented people. Oh, incredible. And networking yeah. is very hard for people to distinguish who's here just to get involved or who's exactly. here to Exactly. Or who can really add value. Yeah, you don't exactly. really know. No, exactly. And at that stage, I was also doing a lot of music conferences. So I went to one in Amsterdam called ADE, and it happened to be focused on South Africa that year. So mm -hmm. a lot of my fellow artists were there, and there was this one DJ called Black Coffee. He was on one of the panels, and um, at that stage, of course, I was very familiar with his music. And so I just went up to introduce myself. I said, hi, Black Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Clara from South Africa and I'm a singer-songwriter and I'd love to collaborate, you know. And he said, oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Here's, here's my email. And I literally emailed him like every week for the next six months oh and I got gosh. no reply. And then one day I got a phone call. Because he obviously listened to that, right? <laughs> And he said, hey, I, we had a vague conversation about me being in France with my horses. And he said, hey, I'm in Paris for the weekend. Are you close to Paris? And I said, oh, in my head, I was like, oh, I'm actually like four hours away. But I can be. But I can be. <laughs> I'm very, very close. And that's where that sort of collaboration happened. And we yeah, got to Paris, wrote a song, recorded mm. vocals shot the music video he was in like it's going to be one of my singles so that was great and then that obviously gave sony way more ammunition to to sign me because of i had course. this big name behind me who in south africa and growing into the world at that stage for for his career um who believed in someone who was really relatively unknown mm -hmm. it's actually incredible because it does show to like people listening that if you just keep trying a bit of persistence <laughs> doesn't hurt actually and like shoot your shot give it a go i mean if you don't shoot you don't score right exactly and like you you only regret the chances you don't take oh my gosh exactly and i i think it's it's so important to have confidence in yourself but acquired confidence you don't want to come over you don't need to be cocky on overbearing exactly but you need to know you you've got something to offer <laughs> exactly Exactly, but you need to believe in yourself for sure. And is, um, is this how you then performed at Coachella? Because I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so with Black Coffee, I did ultra music mm -hmm. in Miami, which was incredible. And then, so no, the alongside my riding and my LA and this Black Coffee and the signing, I was working in LA doing a lot of songwriting sessions, mm -hmm. and a lot of that music you don't actually release yourself. So you pitch you to other artists, wow. yeah. So you do like demo vocals, and then you send it to the record labels, mm. and they see who on their roster. Sometimes DJs, sometimes other artists need vocals. Mm. And at that stage, there was this one um, DJ producer called Sunburn who picked up my vocal. I thought he was gonna take it and get someone else mm. to sing it, and he said, "No, no, I I want this oh, vocal." Wow. So that was really really cool, and it was also very quick i mean the vocals were already done so mm -hmm. you just needed to produce it which took about a month and then i got a phone call and i was this the current single at the time and he said he's in the sahara tent at coachella do i want to perform <laughs> but you're like um, i was like yes yeah, yes i do exactly <laughs> because the, the, the year before i had been to coachella mm -hmm. with black coffee and i had experienced that and i was like wow this is incredible i've never experienced a festival like I this imagine what it would have been like for you going on to that stage but then i was on stage exactly and the sahara tent is the biggest there i mean it's like fifteen thousand people capacity how did, so how did you handle that like nerves stress like actually, what was it like how were you oh my god I, actually to be honest surprisingly so much better than an intimate performance because mm -hmm. in intimate performance you can see people's faces right yeah. and you can connect with them and so i think you're so much more vulnerable whereas this first of all <laughs> i arrived at the wrong gate and i don't know if 
if you've been to Coachella, you will understand that you have to walk for miles. I've been to the stage coach, which is in the same, same place. It's the same and thing. Oh, though. my gosh. It's a, at least a 25, 30-minute walk oh my through gosh. the sand and the dust and stuff. 100%. So, 100%. And there was obviously call time. I missed sound check, missed everything, because yeah. I drove from LA and I got stuck in traffic. Oh okay, yeah. Just Note crazy. Yourself. Do not Note yourself. Note yourself. Exactly. I've got a call time, which I will never have. <laughs> By the JFA, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. PJ, you know, next time. <laughs> I'll come with you. I will join you. Exactly, no. And that would be ideal. And so by the time I got there, I literally ran from, I don't know, the taxi dropped us off at the furthest gate oh, possible, ran through the dust. And by that stage, like the sun was setting, it was blisteringly hot, but it, it was it was just desert a heat. desert heat. So I ran all the way to the stage, all the way through the crowd, through the backstage. Like literally, I had five minutes. You actually didn't have time. I to didn't be have time to be nervous. No, not okay. at all. I got, really I got there. A blessing. Totally, complete blessing. And uh, just got mic'd up, got onto stage. I literally had three songs before me and then did my song and then it was amazing because we could stand on stage and just then soak the moment and I think I remember almost like um, it, it being a complete blur the performance mm, and then I sat there on stage and I was just looking out into the crowd and the sun was sitting behind and I, I thought this is the memory I'm gonna just have forever hormones exactly <laughs> core <Cool> memory <laughs> Exactly. So that was, that was that. And then, yeah, the Sony deal happened and I then released an album through them, which was really cool. Absolutely incredible. Would you say you have a favorite out of all three? Like singing, writing, psychology? It's mm-hmm. absolutely fine if you don't. Yeah, but... No, so I definitely do at different moments in my life, right? When I am riding, and I'm with my horses, I feel like there's nothing better in the world. Mm-hmm. And I forget about my studies and I forget about psychology and I forget about people <laughs> and I forget about my singing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm in LA, for instance, and I'm in studio sessions and then I forget about my horses. It's all about depending on each one. You just love it when you're exactly, in it as well. Exactly. Fair enough. And, and I, I manage my time that way, you know. So, for instance, now I'm doing my master's. So, until December, I'm fully focused on my my studies. Okay. I have, I'm still releasing. Every mm-hmm. three weeks, I've got a song. Up you actually have new music coming out soon, yeah. don't you? Like, I have just a little plug. What's that <laughs> and when is it coming out? So, it's called Hurricane. It's oh, a deep okay. house EP, four track. Um, and it comes out on the 1st of December. And I've been doing a waterfall release up to it, mm-hmm. which means I've already released my first and my second single my third one is coming in two weeks it's called you love you like long nights you've got to listen she is incredible like oh, you always have a friend who can sing and you're like yeah 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 you know they, i'm sure they're great like i'm sure they're fine um and then i actually listened to one of the songs and i was like well gosh darn it she is really good <laughs> this, this is why i keep you around i mean oh, yeah. motivation <laughs> Oh, well, okay, so when I feel like giving up, I just give you a call. It's just yeah, thank you. I'll just, I'll just, you know, pick you up. You can be a hype man for life. Just, just take me everywhere with you. you. <laughs> but that actually led me on to like one of the questions yes. on social media was somebody asked, "How do you balance it all and stay motivated?" But obviously, yeah. like you just mentioned, you're quite like tunnel vision on each one, for sure. and you give it your all. Absolutely. So, and I think that also helps me keep my motivation right because mm. once I've spent a month with my horses and I've prepared, I've competed, and then I've just spent some time, I feel like I sort of to to con- to get up early in the morning, be with the horses all day. It's it's beautiful, but it's also very tiring. So you just need a little bit of a break to keep that little strong brain, motivation. Yeah. I found that you go on like, for example, a small holiday is obviously a bit different, but you then come back so fresh, can see things with fresh eyes. That course, almost yeah. you having longer little breaks allows you to be better at each one. Yeah, that's that's what I think. You mm-hmm. know, I I don't recommend that if you've just started the sport or just started singing or just it's started a little bit different because you do all three obviously a lot of people would be doing and one at a time yes <laughs> so. but break breaks are so important mm, i mean are. it's so, so important to also just keep you grounded right like getting your head out of the situation out of the context exactly and then you look at it you're like wow i can see again i can 
No, exactly. No, absolutely. And okay, so I finished my honors in May. Well, I I was supposed to finish a few months later, but I finished all my coursework. So I ended it in. She no, I went to Los Angeles. <laughs> she she does all of her assignments like three months in advance. She's she's wild. Oh my god! I I just procrastination is not in my vocabulary no. because I got so much that I want to achieve, and I feel like. Of course, I have Netflix, and that comes into it. Um, but I think um, I've seen you watch Netflix <laughs> once since I've known you, and I think that is definitely a key. Is like if you really want something, you have to give it your all and focus have to, on it, yeah. and that's obviously why you're so successful. Thanks, my love. Yeah, no, I feel I feel like I, I definitely try and manage my time really well. So from May until September, I was finishing this EP. I had mm-hmm. to finish writing a few. I got my vocals done. I got it mixed and mastered. I shot music videos with my friends. I edited all my own music videos. I uploaded them to the distribution channels. And I basically now, on release day, all I have to do, everything's planned and radio plugged and etc. And so you um, do a lot of prep. I do lots of prep before. And so now I can just focus on, on my studies. And then I'll see my horses only in a couple of months time actually but i've just got you know babies so hard it's so hard but, but i've just got so much on it has to doesn't it right exactly and um i've got a, an incredible trainer who takes such good care of my horses and they are young so it's nice for him actually to to get stuck in there and, and help me bring them on and so they definitely don't lose anything with me not being there right now for these couple of months and it just gives me time to really focus and do well at my studies and then then move on to my writing and then move on to my singing and so I just you know flip between the three no that's brilliant somebody asked a question on social media and just said do you have a writing tip that made like when did everything click is there a tip you have that just clicked for you yeah so actually so many first of all having the right trainer that speaks to you in a language that you can understand you know I actually understand that, that one with you oh, that's such a big say thing. It 10 times but if they don't say it in the way you get you'll never get it no we used to call it my light bulb moments I don't know if you used to have no where, that makes sense <laughs> literally like she my old trainer would say the same thing about 50 times and then one day I'd just be like oh she just said it in different ways. So, oh my God, I know what that means now. And it just settles, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And okay, before I started riding with Pascal, I had one children's and junior championship mm-hmm. as a show jumper. However, I still felt like I was riding in the dark. I mean, I was either winning or I was winning. Yeah. I mean, yeah. breaking the little bones in my oh, fingers, yeah. flying through jumps, oh, having gosh. bloody noses. No, I mean. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to fall off the side. Okay. Oh, no. Like fly. Because obviously I was there to win. So I was going at paces and oh, taking corners and I was yeah. flying through jumps. So, so my dad at that stage was when I had stitches under my chin. He said, no, you need to give this up. And I just couldn't. It's a bit of an addiction. Yeah, I'm just going to find a new trainer. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so having a good trainer is a, is a first key, step. Key. And then is there any other level? Absolutely. So you, for me, the relationship with my horse is the, the most important. So if, because I have to trust my horse with my life, right? Because obviously I ride for accuracy, but in a, in a jumble, sometimes you take corner a little bit too tight mm-hmm. and you need to ask for the long one or for him to be with you and your horse needs to be listening to your every move. And that's what a lot of people I think safe. don't realise. It's sometimes, it's okay not to click with a horse. Like, horses it's are okay. very like people. Yeah, they have sure. their own personalities. And yeah. <laughs> a lot of people that don't ride or don't know horses will, will have no idea about that. But I've had horses in the past I could not get on with, couldn't yeah. gel. And some that are important. your little best friends, aren't they? Exactly, and that keeps that keeps you motivated. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if you've got a horse that you love and you guys get along, and um, you can see a future with, you're very motivated to go to the stables. You're very motivated to spend time mm-hmm. and tack your horse up and groom him and and just spend time feed him carrots and go in the field with him. And you just have to have a connection. You with have to home. have that connection. But it is like it, there's nothing wrong if you don't you just maybe have to acknowledge that maybe that horse isn't right for you my i have a friend who had a horse and she wasn't getting on well and she asked me to come ride it she thought it was her she was like i cannot ride it and it's obviously me he's so talented i went and i rode it and i went it's not you i said i am really struggling on this horse and i just don't think he's the right fit for you and anyway so she ended up finding him a beautiful home to go to moving him to someone who absolutely loved him found yeah. her horse and 
now she is the happiest thing ever. She was losing her confidence. She didn't want to go to the stables. That's now she wears every single day. It takes care of her. And it's it's a little bit like a happy ending. And that's important too. Of, um, of course. And then, like you said, you have a good relationship with your horse. You're motivated. To, so you put more time and effort in. And with to. that practice, <laughs> you do get better. Mm-hmm. And then you have better results. And then you're more motivated. Mm-hmm. And then, so it really is this ripple effects. I think that's super, super and important. I don't mean like, and I know you don't mean like get a, get a better horse. We no, just mean it matches you better. Exactly. 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 So a trainer. A connection with the horse and is there any like actual technique tips i'm sure people will be interested yes definitely so balance mm-hmm. for me is a very big one so i used to ride a little bit like i was sitting in an armchair mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> with my legs a little bit too far forward or my legs a little bit back and i wasn't really consistent in my position mm-hmm. and then i did a lot of no stirrup works and i just really no but it's worth it because i just feel like you you can find your center of balance you know um find your seat find your seat you then focus on your position and especially as a dressage rider i mean that's really important for mm-hmm. you guys and as a show jumper you need to be balanced over the jump so that when you land you can collect quickly if you've got a short four short three or a mm-hmm. or a whatever strides you need to be connected you for. can tell that you've got a very comfortable seat and that you're you know exactly what you're doing like so Kyra actually came and rode <laughs> Teddy my horse so but honestly he was jumping heights I'd never seen before <laughs> I used to be like oh my god this is so hard so scary and then Kyra just like handed over bobbed along and I was like did, did she just jump that, that I mean that looks so easy and like you just make so it look cute. really easy I mean, Thanks, my love. I know it's obviously sometimes a lot of feel, but do you have any tips on seeing a stride? No, uh, totally. And and so, yes, okay. So feeling, you can't teach feeling, but what you can teach is connection. Yes. And connection, I think, is the closest thing to feeling. So it's definitely that balance between your hands and legs. So you, you need to get your horse's hind legs underneath him or her <laughs> into, you know, with your legs and then into your hands. And I feel like nice and through from behind, through from behind. Exactly. And and not too much contact because you don't want to pull your horse pulling and not too little contact. So it's really learning about what that balance feels like and then riding them, especially for jumping, riding them, your canter through and out of the corner mm-hmm. because then you are only always 50% off, right? You just got to hold a little bit to make the stride perfect or put a little bit more leg and you've got a perfect stride. Because I don't know about, I mean, obviously anyone listening who can show jump will have no idea what I'm talking <laughs> about. But anyone who's ever tried jumping from a different background, like dressage, like me, um, I struggle going into a jump because obviously the jump is a big obstacle in my way. So I look at it and I'm like, oh my God. So I kind of run. I try not to like laugh with the canter. And then as soon as I get to before the jump, I, f- I feel like I almost tense. Easy. And I try to put my leg on more because I'm like, how on earth is this tiny little animal going to jump this massive thing? <laughs> so is there any tips against not almost anticipating? What do you do to practice? First of all, practice, but second of all, it's definitely that connection. You won't need to make a quick decision at the end if you've got the connection, connection. because literally you have to put a tiny little bit more leg or hold a little bit. So it's really that connection and and for your horse to listen to to you and riding out of the corner. So every corner... I used to make this mistake. I used to always get balance in the corner. So mm-hmm. I was always woeing, trying to collect in the corner to ride out of it. And it really it was a light bulb moment <laughs> when Pascal said to me, you need to continue your canter. You can check your stride four strides out of the jump, perhaps, if the jump doesn't come quicker than that out of the corner. But it's really very important not to cut your engine out of the corner. Mm. It's really important. Like you, you can. How do you expect your horse to get over this obstacle if he has no power? If you're like interfering with the totally. Okay. And then also, you know, obviously try and be as as accurate as possible. But you're going to be hindering your horse more if you're making quick, fast decisions that distract your horse before, rather than actually just sitting with him. Okay, interesting. So just really four strides out. You you can obviously check yourself, but then commit. And I think that's the most important thing. That's super interesting. <laughs> that's why you need a good connection with your horse well, riding. We have to do another episode where we talk solely about tips and horse riding. I think people would be really interested on that. Oh, but it's been absolutely amazing talking. You know how much I love talking to you. And this has been really interesting. Obviously, I know a lot about you already, but this is 
being very detailed. I've learned a lot and it's very impressive. Thank you, my love. Thank you for having me. And I'm just so proud of you. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, you're my daily motivation, daily inspiration. I can't keep up with you. in my head. No. I'm going to have a door. My head is going to be so big. You're the most incredible friend. You are a business owner. I mean, you just in oh, two businesses. Sorry. <laughs> Podcaster, social media star. I mean, what next? Honestly, it's all about the company you keep, I think. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, actually, I just realized we didn't even tell anyone how we've met and how we're friends. So to talk all that off guys we had actually basically <laughs> do you want to smell it no <laughs> the best so this is the... now she loves it she secretly loves it but i actually do this is probably a story for another day but just very briefly we both did a pageant together and it sounds yeah. we could go into a lot more depth on this but it, it does sound a little superficial but it's not it was brilliant and we yeah. both did miss universe great britain came second and third and just oh. clicked didn't we well, not, not initially, because I tried to... I, I'm a very touchy-feely person. <laughs> and Erin is... Not, well, I wasn't. Not, now she is. I've I, I changed you. I've changed you. But it's working. And she sort of grabbed me by the arm and was very close to my face. And just, oh, she was talking, and I, I was just like, well, all I could think about was the contact on my arm. And I was like, do I move? Like, is this rude? Like, when do I pull away? What is, what is this? And now I can't keep it off me. So <laughs> literally, like... At this point, we're, we're actually just cuddling on the sofa while we speak that But yeah, I know it's been, been brilliant and it's been a good and great good friendship, my friend. Exactly. And you've been to South Africa with me? I have. I've been to the countries country with her I've never been to. She's showing me the world. We're going to go to Bali next year. We are. New York. Babe, girls are always standing. We need to go. Let's go and make a plan, actually. Yeah. And actually, we've been keeping her far too long. She actually has to go to uni. She's got some schoolwork to do. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Please go drop Kara a follow on her social medias and get prepared for her new single coming. Not single. Oh, great. No, so oh, so EP. Well, new single in, in two weeks and then EP on the first of the same Exactly. So get ready to listen to that. We're very grateful for having you on. And please go drop us a follow with the podcast Unbridled with Erin. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.